to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hello, everybody. Ah, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord. It's been a long time since I, I preached here. <laughs> but this is just the beginning. There we go. Because the Lord has a lot in store. A lot of you don't know my, my story, my testimony. But first, I'm starting off with, you're wondering what these signs are for. It was February of this year, at 1.30 in the morning, that God woke me up. <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> since February. <laughs> but this is the time. Perfect timing. And so he woke me up and gave me these three words. And then he gave me a little, a little preach. He's like, okay. And it's so important to be transparent and to align with God's word and to be in position so that he can, you can receive all those blessings. But first, the reason why I hadn't spoken up before and asked Pastor Tom about preaching is because... Sixty years ago, I wound up getting top dentures. <laughs> and it made me feel very insecure because I don't sound the same. My mouth doesn't look the same the way that it was. So... You know, I was really, you know, always like checking the mirror, looking at myself, looking at my smile, you know, is how do I look when I talk? You know, what are people thinking? Here we go. What are people thinking? You know, they're thinking that, oh, she, she has a lisp, she has this, she has that. And it's like, you know, it's not all those voices I just started hearing. So I didn't like to really talk amongst people because I'd be afraid that my denture would slip, you know, whatever of the story so you guys understand so I was blessed um, the beginning of this year or like February March I went to go and have a new denture because your your gums um, recede and you have to go from time to time and have new molds you know casts and stuff so I went and had it done and then when it was done the technician had checked it out, and he said, this is totally not, this is totally off. I mean, because it was nowhere like what my old one was. It was like somebody did something wrong when it made it like, look like, like Bugs Bunny, all bucked out, slanted, and everything. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I know you want the best for me. And I just said, okay, chill, chill. God's going to make it right. So this technician, he was so awesome and so... Um, um, 
you know, calm with me and really nice. And I knew there was something about him. And um, he said, I'm going to, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. I went out into the waiting room and um, he came out to the waiting room and said to me, um, I, I don't like the way this is. This is totally, totally wrong. And he's like, I'm a perfectionist and this is going to be perfect. You are going to be I'm going to upgrade you like oh, close to $1,000 more, a better quality, and no charge. So that was, you know, like, God, you know. So when I saw my teeth, I was like, wow, I now have confidence, you know, that I have these nice teeth that are, you know, narrower my smile, and it's, it's more natural to way my original was. So that's why also there was a long span of me not talking. Okay, now getting on to, um, this is my, my testimony. The God, God wanted me to be transparent about my past and present to um, to teach about you know alignment with God and your position, so transparency. I I came to know the Lord in two thousand and seven. I was fifty three years old, and um, that was on Yom Kippur, I came to know the Lord. Now, before that time, I had been living in sin for 53 years. Well, from a toddler, I don't know what, age five, six, I don't know what the age of, you know, what you're counted as uh, living in sin. But I, I was a liar, notorious, notorious liar all my life, a liar. Um, I was getting trouble all the time. I would get grounded by my folks, and I, I was like, okay, I'll you know be punished, you know, grounded for a week, grounded for two weeks, you know, and then off I'd go again, and I'd just do the same thing because um, they don't know, you know, and if they find out, then they find out, and I get grounded, just like there was no responsibility of of taking ownership of doing something wrong, and so I would lie. I would get my friends to lie, you know, I would, I would tell them, um, you know, come along with me and let's, let's do this. And I'd beg them, oh, come on, come on, you know, it's okay, you're not going to get caught. And so throughout my life, I did that, you know, whether it be in school, you know, uh, um, homework assignments, you know, whatever, like, here, you do it for me, whatever, and they would do it. Um, I would, as I got... Um, a little bit older. There was a time when I was over at my friend's house and she had an older brother. And this older brother, he was a, I don't know, a teenager. I was like still young, but I was, you know, I don't know, like 10 years old or something like that. Um, he had an attraction for me and we were playing in the basement 
and my girlfriend went upstairs. She went to go and have lunch, and I stayed downstairs. We were playing like tents and stuff. We take blankets, and you know, you crawl through and you have fun. Well, he grabbed me from behind, grabbed my mouth, and he took me into the tent, and he, he, you know, just held my hand over my mouth, and he said to me, you know, to fondle him, to start fondling him, and. I never told, I never told anything because, you know, I guess I was like, you know, too ashamed that I was the one, you know, who caused it. And, you know, I'd still go over to the house there, but I was always like, well, I'd, I'd ask, is your brother home? No, he's not home. Okay, good. And from that time on, from like teenage years, I was very promiscuous. Um, married men, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, you know, affect me that, that that they were married. I would just, you know, go out, you know, have a have a good time, and it wasn't really going out on a date because it wasn't a date. It was just, you know, going for like sex and having sex with them, and that was all it was. You know, I was this young girl, and they were older men, and you know, and whatever. But I, I felt I needed to feel loved. I needed. To be wanted. And to be important. And to be cared about. And treasured. So all my years out in the workforce, if my boss was halfway like decent, you know, looking, you know, I would flirt. I was a big flirter. And then I wind up, you know, going out like for coffee or whatever, like a bite to eat with my boss and bosses over time. So it was the lying, it was the deception, it was the adultery, and then from that, um, from one person that I was seeing, I became, I became pregnant, and so I had an abortion. That was I was 16, and I really didn't know. I didn't really have any thought on it at the time. I did, I know that I had felt life. And, and this was the time back when it wasn't legal. And these places in New York, I think it was like in either Queens or somewhere in Brooklyn, and like back alley, go up the stairs, you know, and it was, it was horrible. Um, but I had that abortion, and then afterwards, I started to feel really sick from that. But then that passed. And after that, I mean, I still, I would still, you know, go like, messing around, being promiscuous, and it never really, it never really hit home. 
And so all those years of doing stuff like that, it has a weight upon you of being deceitful and the shame and the shame. And it felt like if there was like sandbags on top of me, it kept getting like heavier and heavier and depression and not, I just didn't know like how to get out of it. And so I was drinking all the time and I, you know, like black out and, and uh, drugs weren't my, th weren't my thing. Um, it was just the, the booze. And <clears throat> and then I thought, okay, I'm going to, my, oh, my folks asked me about, because um, I was grounded all the time, I wasn't hanging out with the right people, and they said, why don't you, um, would you like to go to Israel? So I said, thought about it, and okay, so I went. I went to Israel, and then I came back after six months, and it was not that I started all over again, but then I wound up getting, meeting this guy who wasn't my parents or really my type of person, and it was the wrong kind of guy because of who, who, I, who I thought I was inside, how I felt about myself. And so I married him, and then there were all kinds of problems. He, he was an alcoholic, found out, and, and um, he wasn't of my religion. Um, so there was a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of um, speaking down to me. Uh, we were married for five years, and I have two children from him. But the divorce was like really rough, and it just it brought me down so much. It brought me, you know, like how am I gonna how am I gonna live life? How am I gonna how am I gonna take care of my kids? How am I going to? All kinds of things were going through my head. I had two young children at that time when I got divorced. Um, one in nursery school, and then the other one was in uh, uh, first grade, second grade. And so then I wound up working at a nursery school, and that made it, you know, a lot better. My kids were able to go to school with me, and it was, and it was great. I didn't have to worry. <clears throat> but, but from this, my family, you know, they would look at me and coming from a Jewish family, and you know your your parents, of course, will, you know want the best for you no matter what. But it was it was difficult because they would s hear me say things about the whole divorce and my my um, lack of. Um, um, what is it called? Um, I wasn't, you know, making the right decisions, you know, and I, I just didn't have good sense in anything, and I just responded. I would just go and do whatever I wanted to do. So, <clears throat> I 
And then time went on, and then I, things got better. Um, I was divorced for like 10 years, and then I wound up moving to Florida. In Florida, I met somebody um, from New York, from the town over that I lived, and it was Jewish. And things were, things were great. You know, we, we, we dated a while, and things were super until things started going, going bad, and he started to stray. And so it was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to stay with somebody. He doesn't want me. And then he got, started to get violent. So I said, okay, you know, here I go again. And um, so I, I told my mom what was going on. And she said, well, you know, you can't stay there. So we wound up, we went to court. Uh, I, lost, uh, I lost the house. The day that I was, was, I was at work, I found out that, that he had, he served me with papers at work. And so that day I lost my job at, at work. And I also got served with papers, <laughs> divorce papers. <laughs> And, um, and I was divorced from him for like 10, 11 years. But in that time, I, I couldn't, I still was like so, what I had before, I still had strength in me. I still had, I still had, I can get through this, I could do it. But it was like now I was so, so tarnished that I just didn't have that, that inner strength anymore to fight. I was becoming so weak. And I couldn't make decisions. My head was so clogged and so fogged and I, I, I couldn't form any like thoughts. And I was just spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And so my sister said, you know, come live with me. So I went to live with her for a short time uh, in Weston. And then from there, you know, I, I couldn't find like another job. I mean, the jobs that I, that I was, when I was working at the school, um, this other school, they were going to pay me so much less, like, you know, minimum wages, like, I can't do that. So I, I wound up moving to Louisville, Kentucky, where I lived um, at my sister's house in Louisville. And she's a, a cardiologist, a um, a, um, um, yeah, a pediatric, <laughs> a pediatric cardiologist. <laughs> and so I lived with her for two and a half, uh, well, two and a half years I lived in Kentucky. But out of that time, like for a year, I, I was in such a, uh, a deep state. I wouldn't get out of my pajamas. I'd stay up in the attic and I'd just stay in bed curled up in a ball. And not eating, you know, and not, you know, wanting to, like, pay any bills from any money that I did have. And everything just went, you know, and just started to think about, you know, the only way out is suicide. The only way out is suicide. So after I... I started to come out of it a little bit, and then it was Christmas time, 
and it was like a week before Christmas of 2000, 2000, I think it was. And my mom and my sister sat me down and they said they had something important to tell me. And my mom says, you know, I hope that you understand. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm worried that it's like her health, it's her health. And she was saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but I want to be the first one to tell you. You know, before you heard from your nieces, you know, young, like teenage, you know, like nieces, that you're adopted. At that time, it was, okay, so it's 2000, and I got, I was, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I was like 20 some odd years, like 23 years or so living, you know, not knowing that I was adopted. And, um, and I was adopted when I was three, but my parents aren't my parents, so I don't know who, you know, who my parents are but I know I belong to Jesus now. And so that, that on top of everything, just <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of like Shakyville, you know, going into the pit, and then I hear this, and it's like, whoa. So there was a distance from my mom, and I just like, there was a, a hatred. There was a hatred. It's like, why, why? And then I was told that it was at that time, back in the 50s, it wasn't common to say about, you know, adoption to who and whatever. So it was, it was hidden from my sisters knew everything, my family knew, but I, I didn't know. And then, so I, I wound up moving in with this man who I really didn't like, and, and I found that he was an alcoholic. But then now, at the time, I was like, you know, this is not right. This is not right. I, ca I cannot go back into that. I cannot go back. And so I left, my mom got an apartment and I wound up moving in with her in Louisville and then, you know, eventually I was able to move back home um, and worked, worked like four jobs in order to save up money to get my own place. But from this, from this being, from being transparent, You know, and I just, I was like, okay, I, this weight was like too much. I need to, I need to, I started thinking about God. I started thinking like, okay, I knew of God, but I didn't, I didn't, I went to temple when I was a kid, but I didn't really think of God in any other way, you know, um, but I wound up then seeing another guy when I came back to Florida, and he was really like in need of a druggie, and, but I, I saw potential in him. I saw that he could get out of that, and he had a good heart. And I wanted him to come live with me, and I wanted to move from Fort Lauderdale. I had a nice little duplex, and I wound up I was making 
pay for a decent money, and I moved up to Lake Wales. <laughs> yeah, good old State Road 60, uh, like a, like on the countryside, the the country, the outside of the city. I wasn't in the city limits. It was like right before um, the Walmart there. And so I, I got myself a house. Well, I didn't know anything about financing or whatever, but I was, before I was saved, gifted in finagling and, <laughs> and um, scheming and going around the back way, you know, to find it. And it's like, where in the world is this mine? Like, Thank God, I, I, I have no clue where, where it went, but it's oh, totally gone. It's like I'm like an, like an airhead when it comes to try to figure something out. Forget it. I can't even do it anymore. God just totally took that out of my head. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. But I would, I would somehow get people to help me out get a mortgage. I mean, they would sign for me. You know, they... They would say, X, yeah, you made X amount of dollars and all these, all these bonuses and commission and everything. And it was like, oh, I didn't ask you to do that. Now I'm like, oh, no, can't you take it back? But I can't. They already did it, you know. But I was able to get, get a mortgage. And so from that time in Lake Wales, now Lake Wales, if you don't know what Lake Wales, Lake Wales is a Bible belt. <laughs> Here I am coming from Fort Lauderdale. This, like, wild girl, you know, in the streets and whatever. And I'm here in Lake Wales. I moved up there because my daughter, my eldest daughter, had moved up there with, you know, my grandkids. And I hadn't seen them in a long time, so I wanted to be by them. And I was, um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to see them. And I was like, okay, you know, this would be, this would be nice. And I'm in this house, and I had a job, which was the sister company of the company I had worked at, um, um, extended car warranties uh, that I was selling. And so they had, a, they had downtown Lake Wales, they had a same place. And so I went to work there, you know, like two weeks, and then they didn't like how I was their, their way of pitching. So I was fired. He was like, here I am, oh my gosh, I have this house, I have no money, uh, I have a car payment. I'm like, okay, okay, this is really, really getting, really getting serious. My daughter says to me, oh, you can have this lady come, you know, and, um, oh no, sorry, go back. So I'm in the house for, for a while, I'm in the house you know, it's like months and months, and I haven't paid anything. And then um, I get offered offered a job from my daughter's um, mother-in-law. And I started working there. I got some money. was able to pay, pay the electric and just my bare essentials. And it's like, I don't know, this house, there's something in this house. There's some kind of spirit in this house. I just don't like it. And it was very um, demonic. Um, the thermostat on the AC would go down by itself. The air would get bitterly cold in there. Um, 
the hair on the back of my neck would stand up. I'd go into the shower and I'd feel as if I was being watched, you know, trying to sleep at night. I, I was not comfortable. I kind of slept with like one eye open and, you know, afraid that something was going to happen or something was going to get me. And my dog wouldn't even go into a room. There was one room that he just walked in, right out when to go into that room. And then same thing out in the backyard, there was something under the ground. And I felt in my spirit, even before I really knew of the Lord, and, and I mean, I knew of the demonic, but I felt that there was something there. It was like a pit. There's something, some evil down there. Because when, um, when I was a kid, I did do um, the Ouija boards and the tarot cards and, and seances and all that stuff. So that all kind of followed me, I guess. And I was like, okay, I just, I just, can't, I just can't take this. It's too scary. I was like petrified to be in the house and I just wanted out of there. And um, when it came to, uh, my girlfriend came over, I put the house on the market a girlfriend came over and she was a realtor and she said, you know, you, you know, got to get out of this house. And I was able to, um, at that time, it was the time of the, the market was, fell in 2008. And I, I couldn't, I was, for a year and a half, I was in the house with no, no paying, I didn't pay mortgage or anything. I was totally, you know, like, free of any mortgage. Um, I just paid the electric and just food uh, and water. And I just, um, it got so bad that I was like, okay, okay. And I felt this, I felt this, this real heaviness, like, oh, again, like so much worse, so much worse because of what I had been doing, you know, this scheming and this lying. And I heard this like a clarion call, like, you need God, you need God. It was like, like this, like a sound of a, like a trumpet, you know, in my ear, like, you need God, you need God. And then my girlfriend who had come over, she was going to church the next day. I said to her, and I shook her, I said, can I go, can I go? And she said, yes, yes. So I went to church. I went there a couple of, couple of months. Um, it, it was a... Um, five-fold ministry. It was a uh, 94% black, and it was it was thumping. It was awesome, and it was. I mean, I'm a little Jewish girl from a little like Reformed temple. Like you know, you don't just sit there and that's it. You know, and it's like I don't know what in the world. What is all this? What's all this like tongues? You know, and stomping on the devil and 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 being you know laying on the floor. You know, it touches you and you go on the floor. And it was like, this was, this was very unusual. I didn't know, I, I just kind of like, you know, I wasn't afraid, but it was like, wow, this is, this is what? This is Christianity, okay? And, and it was awesome, I, I, just, I just loved it. So in um, Yom Kippur of 2007, um, I, I fasted all day for Yom Kippur, I got into bed, and I was freezing. I was freezing. It was like I was going through a death. And I wound up um, just laying on the bed. I had like two, um, 
two like, sets of pajamas on and socks and, and blankets. And I just laid in bed and I'm, and I'm just, everything is like God just had everything come to my mind that I had done over my entire life. It was a videotape of what I had done my whole life. And, and it's very, it was very hard for me to say the name Jesus because Jews don't believe, a lot of them don't believe in Jesus. And so I was a, j j j I mean, I heard Jesus as a curse word out of my dad's mouth. You know, somebody cut him off, you know, like, you know, and then I remember the time I copied him and I got soap in the mouth, you know. <laughs> but, but, um, so um, uh, I'm laying there and, and my teeth are chattering and, I'm, and my legs are crossed and my arms are crossed and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for what I did, and I'm sorry for this person, and I'm sorry for doing that, and everything, everything, everything came out of my mouth. And this was went on, and I'm like, my face was like beet red, and I was just so, so, all the shame, all the shame, you know, that was coming out. And God was so, was so good when I finally got the Jesus out, and I said, I promise I'll never do any of this again. I promise, I promise. And God, out of my mind's eye, because God gave me the ability to, to see. I can see visions. And so I saw and felt the breath of God. And I was laying on my bed, and it just came out of, like I'm laying on the bed here, and it just came out like of midair. And I saw like, like the... the um, the e-cigarettes, like all that vapor, like that, it was like that. And it just came down over my feet, maybe about like two feet from my body and just went right along my toes, my legs, and hit me right in my diaphragm. And I went <gasps> And you can expel the darkness just by that. There are other things that God will have to work on you. It's some really things that you might not know of, you know, they're deep-rooted, but yeah. So it hit me, and I'm like, nobody ever told me what was going to happen. I'm like, I was afraid to move, and so my, I just moved my eyes from left to right, <laughs> you know? And, and I said, whoa, what was that, you know? And from that moment, I, mean, I was, bone, I was, I was chattering, chattering. I was so cold so cold and then from a couple of minutes thereafter the warmth the love of God you know came into me and it was it was like wow what a new person and God God had his angels he assisted me I could I could feel when I would get up out of bed in the morning that I was being that I was being supported to help get up because I was so weak and drained from everything and not eating. I lost like 12 pounds like in two weeks. Like I would just, I was just, uh, and. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and everywhere, everywhere I went, you know, God just opened the doors and it was just so, it was just so amazing. Just so, you know, like he just, he just erased, he just erased my foreclosure. Like, like I could stay in the, the house. The, the, I went before the lawyer and the lawyer, uh, the uh, judge. Uh, I went to uh, the court and 
I got served the papers from, uh, or the papers were sent to me from a Fort Lauderdale five-person five firm, like Pincus and something and something and something, you know, lawyers, and telling me about, you know, foreclosure, and they're coming after me, and blah, blah, blah. So I go to the court in uh, Mulberry, and um, I get out of the elevator, and I had my Bible with me, because my Bible, everywhere I went, that Bible was right there. <laughs> I don't care what people said. Jesus was right there because I needed to feel him. And I walked in with that in a notebook. And as, I, as soon as I stepped off of the elevator, I felt and saw shadows of the host of heaven. All the angels were all about me. The whole, like, like this. And there was me. And they just pressed in. They all pressed in and we all walked towards the table where there was a phone that was for the judge's secretary. I called, I picked up the phone, and I said, I'm so-and-so, I'm here for da-da-da. No, we have no record of you. <laughs> no record. God can do those things. God can do those things. You know, the more things that he, that he does for you, you know, just, you know, maybe, maybe jot it down so you remember if you have a hard time with trusting God. Because God is faithful. God will, God his word, God's word is true. And you, can, and you can bank on it. And so, you know, all these things that were, that were happening to me, it was like, I, all these good things, it was like, like me, like, like I'm worthy to be loved. I'm, I'm everything that I did. I mean, and that's how God is, you know. He, don't, he doesn't hold a record of your, of your faults. It's all been erased, you know. And like this, so many of us, we look, a mirror has two purposes. One, to look at yourself, to focus. When you look at it, you see yourself. But if you take your focus off of yourself, you see behind you. You can see what's around you when you look at it, right? So sometimes we will, we are focused, we're focused on God. We're focused on God in us. We're focused. But sometimes we lose focus and we look behind us at our past. We shouldn't look at our past as ownership, but as a place of jumping off to where God rescued you from. Time out here, one second. And alignment. So when, <clears throat> for alignment, is a, a scripture from Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy, that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard, that leads to life. And those who find it are few. You know, there are, there are many, many of us 
We say that we know God's, we say that we know God's word. And we say that we're walking in it. But are we really walking in it? We really have to have to take a look within and really be honest. It's about honesty because you can't move forward if you don't if you're not honest with yourself. Because that with that honesty you can expose that that's inside of you and remove it and throw it throw it away and then you're filled with just the truth of what God says about you and how you know if you need to change if you need to correct something then you can you can correct it but there are many there are many people that would say that they're conformed, that they're not conformed to the world. Like in Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if we're going to renew our mind, we have to get rid of all the old stuff, the world, the world that's in it. We're no longer of this world. You have to, you have to imagine, okay, we're, we're not of this world, we're of, of heaven. And it's hard for us as, as flesh to think of us as being heavenly creatures. But this, where we are right now, and now that we're believers, We'll be taken out of that worldly system, the, the, the culture. You know, we're not to live as this culture, the way we were before, the way that we talk, the way that we dress, the way that we act, the where, what we listen to, where we go. And by, by changing... By changing the way that um, that we are, the way that we because um, we're now a new creation in Christ. So the old man, the old man has passed away, and then the new man now, oops, has, oops, I'm caught. I'm caught. I need help. I need help. Can I get out of this? Is it out? Okay. So, the old man, there's the old man, and now any of us who have problems with our flesh, here's the old man and we just throw it. It's no longer part of us. We're now a new creation now. We're God's girl or God's guy. Okay? God, see? God, 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 God. So, but some of us want to just keep going back and say, you know, I'm going to wear that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go against God. And you're not thinking that you're going against God. But, uh, you know, if you read the word, if you know the word, God says, if you love me, if you love me, you will 
um, walk in obedience. And so many don't want to, they play multiple choice. They just don't want to adhere to what God says. So, you know, when it comes time, when it comes time for uh, judgment, if we don't, if we're not walking totally in step with God, we're not walking in obedience. You know, it's, it might be hard. It might be hard, but um, you, you can't walk in sin. You can't go carrying, carrying that around, you know, with you. Um, you know, yes, we are, we are anointed. Jesus says that we are anointed. We have power. Um, and, you know, we can choose to be transformed and walk in the word of God and trust God. For he knows the plans that he has for you. And he will walk. When you, have, when you walk in alignment, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings. Like, these are, this is the earthen, make believe this is an earthen vessel. This is us. Yeah. Okay? All the blessings are already in here. From going back to, you know, Genesis where it says God created the world, you know, in six days. So if six days he created the world and the seventh day he rested, what does that mean? Is anything else going to be created or done by God? No, because he did, did it already. Everything has been done. Everything is in, is, is, in, is in like, you know, God's box of things for everybody, you know? Like, here's, here's God. He's in, he's, in, he's in this box, all this stuff. This is us, all God's blessings, all God's promises, everything. Everything is all in here. And God, once we walk in alignment... And we know who we are in Christ. All these blessings are just poured out. Okay? We can, we can, the blessings are, all this is in us already. But we have to find that. We have to extract the, 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 the weight of the wrong thinking and, and, and behaviors. We have to extract that and to come into alignment with God so that, all these blessings will manifest. They'll come out of us. Because God says that we are, we are gems. We are, yeah, we are, yeah. We are wonderfully and marvelously made. Yeah. Men multifaceted. We sparkle. We're all precious in his sight. All, all precious in his sight. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and so we are, God says, and this is the part where, you know, to know our, our position, that who we are in Christ, we are heirs of eternal life. Yeah. Our eternal life has already started, 1 John 5, verse 11 and, 11 and 12, and Ephesians 1, 4, and 11. And we have been given authority over the enemy, and he is under our feet. <laughs> Luke 10, 19, and Ephesians 1, 22. We have been chosen by God and are precious, a royal priest, holy and set apart as his, John 15, 16. And we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we are just like our daddy. 
Genesis 1.26 and Ephesians 5.1. And some of us, we have problems. We go around sometimes looking so, hmm, you know, frowns and like this worry on our face and we just don't seem, seem right and like bubbly and, and we wonder why, you know, we sing all these songs but we don't have what those songs are being, you know, that are saying. And some of us, we just have to, in order to have the shalom, like, I have shalom. My beloved has shalom. When you, when you just let go and let God do everything, just, just play weak. I know it's hard for us, like, flesh people to, like, play weak, you know, but you have to just, you just got to get low. Here's your tree. Here's your limbs. Okay. My limbs are f flowing in the breeze. Um, you just submit. Just, just give it to him. Just give it to him. Because life, life here is short, you know. It's like, well, might as well be joyful. Be happy all the time. Smile, you know. Your smile is contagious, you know. You keep that smile on your face, you have the shalom in your heart. You have, it's not just earthly, earthly <coughs> peace, but it's his shalom. It just, you just, you feel it all the time. You're at home, you know, you're doing the laundry. You still got shalom. You, you're doing the, sh the kids' uh, socks, matching up the kids' socks. You still have shalom, you know. You just, whatever. It's, it's, it's with you constantly. And it's, it's just so nice to, to be able not to have to worry about things. And it's like when you have that trust, when you go back to when you were first saved and all the things God did for you, how he miraculously turned things around and how he, and he still does, you've got to always keep that in mind because that's the, the, you built that trust on that factor. And that trust, that trust just magnifies. It just grows and grows and grows so that you don't have no worries. You know, your Abba, Abba Daddy, that he's going to take care of all your needs, you know? Don't worry about it. It just, it just manifests itself out of nowhere. I mean, you know, you might need to pay a bill, and you're, and you're saying, well, how am I going to do that? Okay, this is like X amount of dollars left here. And, okay, just sit. I trust you, Lord. You know, you're the supplier of all my needs according to your riches and glory, you know? So... You just, once you get into that habit of just relying on the, the faithfulness, that trust of God, that he's going to come through, and you'll, and you'll see that, and you'll, you'll, really, you'll really be blessed, you know, by it. And, yeah. and, and just knowing that, you know, you have the mind of Christ, and that, um, to have the peace of God, his shalom, that passes all understanding, Philippians 4, 7, will keep you in perfect peace. And your position as a citizen, you have received the gift of righteousness and reign as a king in life by Jesus Christ, Romans 5, 17. Um, and... Let me see what is position, position, position. Let me zoom that up. Uh, 
And now you are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. And you are his elect, full of mercy, kindness, humility, and long-suffering. Um, Romans 8, 33 and Colossians 3, 12. And your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are not our own. So... Remember, you know, if you're going to, if you think about doing anything to your body, whatever, um, you know, how you dress, whatever, remember, your body is not your own. It's God's. And um, he made you perfect the way, the way that you came out of your mother's, <laughs> your mother's womb. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and that's all. Thank you very much. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.